Will you stand so we can begin worship? What an opportunity to come into a place together and honor God. Yeah. Did anyone get to see the eclipse yesterday? Yeah. 
I was at, that was yesterday, and I was at together, or the if table, and I totally forgot about it, because it was, anyway, I heard it was pretty. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, welcome to Discovery. My name is Donna. If you don't know me, I am the Connections Coordinator here at Discovery. What that means is, <laughs> what that means is, if you don't know me, I want to know you, because it's my job to know you and to help you get connected, because connections is my job. Um, so yeah, and one way that you can do that is by filling out a connection card, which is in this awesome little worship folder that you guys have. There's a lot of information in here, so I'm just going to go through it really quick. Um, if you are new, there's a lot of great information on these cards, on the inside and outside, all about who we are and what, what's going on here. We also have what's happening at Discovery. This is so awesome. Kristen, I don't know if she's in this room, because every Sunday she is, oh, she's back there. She puts this together every week. She is amazing. She is such a gift to our church. Um, so now you can't say, what? I didn't know about it, because it's on our website, and it's right here. So you got to come to church so you can know what's happening, <laughs> and you got to read it. There's a lot of great things coming up. Um, please make sure you read that and know. Um, also, we've got our Harvest Festival coming up, um, so you got a little flyer. Please pass these out. Invite your friends. We're going to hear more about that in a minute. Um, and then this is your connection card. We would love to have you fill this out and turn it in, especially if you're new with this, but even if you've been here for hundreds of times, um, this is just a great way for us to know what God is doing in your life through prayer requests, through a next step. Um, so please make sure you fill that out. Um, the rest of the service, we're going um, to hear from Kirst, Chris, Kirsten. <laughs> Don't worry, I get it mixed up too. Kirsten is going to come up. She's our kids director, our ministry director. But um, after she does, we're going to worship some more. And then we're going to hear from John. And then we are going to um, have some final announcements. Oh, then we'll do a whole bunch of other stuff. I'm supposed to explain it, but let me just stop talking and introduce Kirsten. And hopefully you guys just can go with the flow. <laughs> Hi guys! I think I'm on. I am on! If you ever forget, it's totally okay. Kristen and I give each other like that. Mm -hmm. And then just pretend like you're rapping, like, Krista, curse it. What is it again? It's fine. We'll help you out. It's cool. Um, so good morning, everyone. I'm Kirsten Stave. If I have not had the opportunity to meet you yet, I'm the kids um, ministry director here at Discovery. And I'm, oh, yeah, I, always, I love that you guys cheer for kids. That's great. Love it. Um, so I just want to share briefly with you about uh, the Harvest Festival that we are going to be hosting here in a couple weeks. So Saturday, October 28th, we will be hosting a fun festival for families in our neighborhood um, here in the cafeteria. And we're hoping, we're crossing our fingers for some good weather that will be outside as well so we can be visible to our community. And we are making some big invites and we're praying that um, our neighbors will come and and I was thinking this morning about Harvest Festival so um, I know that we like to throw a good party at Discovery I feel like yeah yep Sandra's with me uh, we do but it's not just because we like to throw a good party so there is um, when I first started with Discovery I was a young adult and we were a part of a ministry called the Aroma of Tacoma <laughs> And I love that because I just think about how we are the aroma of Christ. And uh, when we love and love like Jesus did, when we uh, submit ourselves to him as our leader and he fills us up, we're able to love really like he loves. And um, I know that I was drawn in to Jesus as a young adult because of the aroma of Christ. And I know that there are people in our very church who have been with us for a very long time that came to us because of a harvest festival. So I'm asking for a few, for you all to partner with um, our team in a few ways. One, really, I didn't mention this last week and it was a big miss, but would you pray with us? Would we pray that, um, that God would make a little go really far? That um, that this little far harvest festival in this school um, that really we're fairly new to, that, um, that God would be drawing hearts to himself, that we would show up to love um, others and to be a team to love. I'm going to be out in the foyer after service um, and can talk to you about if you want to serve that day. Um, we also are looking for donations for cupcakes and candy. Um, and then... Uh, 
We also really would like you to invite, to be prayerfully inviting um, those in your circles to come play with you and to come uh, just receive that aroma, that love of Christ. So those are the things that I am inviting you into. I am trusting that you'll prayerfully consider, and I will be out in the foyer. And yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be really fun. So thank you, guys. All right, let's get back to worship. You guys want to stand on your feet?
same God. This next song says, I will exalt you. And I was practicing it and thinking, who uses the word exalt in everyday language? So I think it's important that we understand what we're saying. So the word exalt means to hold someone very high in regard, to think or speak highly of, to raise to a higher rank or position of great power, to make noble in character or to dignify. I have a lot of things going on in my life and I need a, I need a savior, I need a, a master who is exalted above my situation. So I came here today to sing this song with you. God, be exalted in this space. Be exalted in my life, be exalted in my circumstance. Be exalted in my family, in my business, in my mind. Be exalted, God. right now because you're with me
there's none like you. Perfect without any sort of blemish, without sin, without wrong. The raging fire, you're holy and untouchable. Yet you beckon us home. You beckon us close. If this is your will for regular men and regular women to come close, when in this moment of worship we're reminded of how exalted you are, I ask that somehow in the course of these moments, that you would draw this distant heart to you. That you would draw these wandering feet back home. That you would find a way to cleanse these hands that have filled and have been filled with the things of this earth. May we exalt you in the end more than our words and our melodies. May our entire lives just be this incredible offering, testimony, act of worship that points to the incredible goodness of a holy God that draws the unholy close. In Jesus we pray. Please be seated. If you have ever been away, far away, for a long time, and made a big plan and set aside money, bought the tickets and made your way, you know the feeling, the emotions that come with that. The emotions of coming home. Um, Coming home can be exciting, it can be beautiful, it can be uh, necessary, and it can become incredibly complicated, amen? Anybody? Coming home can be beautiful, can be rich, can be necessary, and it can be so incredibly, incredibly complicated. There's something inside of us that longs to come home. It's for, for, for many of us, it's really challenging. And we know that whether your home is a big house or a tiny house, or whether your home is tucked away in the woods or it's in the city, We know that whether or not your home is on the third floor apartment or some sort of forgotten trailer out in the middle of nowhere, I think we all implicitly know and understand that home is much more than bricks and mortar. It's much more than a floor and a roof and the sticks that hold the roof up. Amen? Um, Home is a sense of belonging, Um, a place where you know and are known, a place where you see and are seen, a place where the food finally tastes right. Anybody? Right? There's, it, it doesn't matter. Even if your mom's a terrible cook, there is no food like the mom makes. Amen? Amen? So there's, there's something about home that is just so rich and right. And it's so interesting to me that every human being on the planet longs for home. It's just imprinted on the soul that all of us, every man, every woman, longs for this place called home. I have called it, some of you have been around me long enough, you've heard my little phrase, I think that there are these things that are what I call the fingerprints of God. The little lingering evidences that God is near and he's real and he loves us 
And I think this longing in the soul for home is one of those evidences of God. I think God has placed this longing for home in your heart and in mine as a beacon. Um, In the book of Acts, uh, Luke records Paul saying this. Um, He says, God did this so that you, let me pull up my notes here. God did this so that you would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him though he is not far from any one of us. I think that's what a fingerprint of God is. He puts this this beacon, literally, let's call it a homing beacon, homing beacon inside of us that it draws us not to an earthly place with an earthly door, a physical door, but because God longs for you to be with him. Jesus said it so clearly in John chapter 14. Some of you have been reading your Bible. You know in John 14, the moments before Jesus is executed, he's with his guys, and he says these words. My father's, everybody? My father's what? Together one more time. My father's, my father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for You, I'm going there to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you may also be where I am. Do you hear the heart of God? He's got a house, he has a home for you. And it is the heartbeat of God for you to come home. Now earlier I talked about it being complicated, and As complicated it is to go back to your home of your childhood, it can be incredibly challenging and complicated to find your way back home to God. There's stuff. It's real stuff. It's not pretend. It's not stuff to be ignored. Um, It's real stuff. And so we're going to talk about the next few weeks, we're going to talk about how a regular human like you and me, how we can actually come home how we can find that place of belonging in our relationship with God. We're going to talk about God's heart, God's intentions, and the challenges. And we're going to be in Luke chapter 11, and today we're going to just be in the very, very first verse. Now Luke records in Luke chapter 11 this beautiful encounter between Jesus and his guys. Um, The churchy word for that is his what? His disciples. So Luke... Luke tells us that Jesus is hanging out with his disciples or his guys, and it's not an unusual occurrence. This isn't the first time that Jesus' disciples will stumble upon Jesus in this situation, and it's not the last time. It's just this time something transpires. This is not the first time that Jesus' disciples find Jesus praying. It's not the last time that they find Jesus praying. It's just this time something happens in their soul. Something awakens about who Jesus is, his character, and about themselves. I'm going to read just verse 1 this morning. Uh, Luke chapter 11, verse 1. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he had finished, one of his disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. Jesus' guys stumble upon Jesus praying, and for whatever reason, it catches them this time. They're like, wow. When Jesus prays, he is experiencing a familiarity that we don't have. He is experiencing uh, knowing and being known that we don't experience. Jesus is home and we are on the outside looking in. Now I want to be clear, Jesus' disciples are good guys. These are not, these are not evil like criminals. These are These are the good guys. These are people that have given acknowledgement, intellectual acknowledgement of the existence of God. They've acknowledged who Jesus is. They've even done some amazing things in Jesus' name. But as they stand there observing Jesus communing with the Father, they realize, I'm not home. I'm close. And yet I'm so incredibly far away. How do you come home when you feel very far away? 
I'm going to share with you three things out of this one little verse um, this morning. Three, I think, really powerful steps that a person can take if you feel really far from the Father. If you feel like this idea of coming home to God is just really foreign to you. That God is a concept, he's an idea, he's a possibility, but for you, it's not something that you're experiencing. What are the steps that a person needs to walk through? And I'd like you to take some notes. You can see some people around you, they're writing some things down. You can pull your phone out and write these down. I'd encourage you actually to write down some of the Bible verses because, to be honest, every time somebody talks from the Bible, you ought to double check them. Okay? Number one, if you're feeling far, number one, acknowledge the divide. What I love about this moment is the, these guys, the disciples, they didn't continue to hide. They acknowledged the divide. We have this habit of pretending. You know what I'm saying? We have this habit of putting on a good face, of acting like we got our stuff together, distracting ourselves. Last week, I, I had us go back to the, the opening pages of the Bible in the book of Genesis. In Genesis chapter 3, it's, we've, we've already talked about the creation, and then God creates Adam and Eve, the first humans, and then we watch them operate in the garden. They're walking with God, and God gives them one command. What's the command, everybody? Don't eat the fruit from the tree of life in the center of the garden. And what do they do? They, they eat the fruit, right? And so they eat the fruit. And the moment they eat the fruit, there is this fissure between heaven and earth, between God the Father and his creation. There's this fissure. And I don't mean it like it's just a simple crack. It's an impassable divide splits. And I'm going to read a little bit. I want you to see what happens again. Some of you are here, so you heard a little bit of this last week, but I want you to hear it and see it. Genesis chapter 3. They heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife. Anybody? What's the word up there? They hid. man and his wife, they hid themselves. They hid themselves from the presence of they, they, they actually ran away and hid themselves from the very thing that they needed, the presence of the Lord God among the trees in the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, where are you? And he said, I, I heard you. I heard you in the sound of the garden. And I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. There's like Genesis 3, I... I I've shared this before. Genesis 3 is the story of the first man and woman, but it is the story of every man and woman. Okay? It's the story of the first Adam and Eve. It is the story of every Adam and Eve. It's the story of me. It's the story of you. We have this tendency to do the very things that God warns us not to do, and it just creates this fissure. Like sin creates this divide between us and God. It's, it's created the distance. And then when we recognize that, instead of running to the Father... We hide. We hide. But the way back is acknowledging that. And honestly, Genesis 3 is a sad chapter, but there's also some beauty here. Because you know what was so great about what we just read? Adam didn't keep hiding. Adam acknowledged it. God, I want you to know that my first reaction was to hide. And I hid because I got questions. I have doubt. I have shame. They use the word naked, right? I, I feel vulnerable. You ever feel vulnerable? Like when you feel vulnerable, you're like, I don't, I don't want to show my vulnerability. And we do that at work. We do that on Monday through Friday. Amen? We like, we... How are you doing? Fine. You're not fine, but you're going to tell everybody you're fine, right? And we carry that over into a relationship with God. God, I'm fine. I'm okay. I'm good, right? And this is a thing that's destroying and continuing to destroy your potential of coming home. Jesus talks about the New Testament. In fact, it's a 
few verses before, a few chapters before us in the Gospel of Luke. Luke chapter 5, Jesus says, um, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. And then he says, I didn't come to call, some of you know this verse, I didn't come to call the what? The righteous, but I came to call sinners to repentance. Now, this is really a cool verse about coming home. And it's Jesus being a bit sarcastic, in my opinion. Because if you've lived your life very long, it's pretty easy to agree with this statement. Ready? There ain't no good people. Like, how many righteous people can you name? So, Luke 5, Jesus is not saying, hey, there's a few people that don't really need me. There's a few people that got their stuff together. Um, What Jesus is saying here is this. If you cannot acknowledge the divide, the gospel is of no use to you. You have to get to a point in your life where you're like, just like the disciples, they came upon Jesus praying and they watched the beauty and the wonder. And they're like, he's home. There's something wrong here. First step to coming home. There's something wrong here. The second step in it, it's going to sound simple, but it's so important, is ask the questions. The disciples, they come upon Jesus praying and they see this and they're like, wow, there's a divide between me and God. And then they just asked a question. Would you teach us to pray? Would you help us overcome the hurdle? Would you help us figure out and understand the divide, this incredible divide between us and God? Why is it there? Why have we allowed it? Why have maybe you allowed it? There's lots of questions here. Jesus, could you help clarify? I have questions. Did you know that your questions are okay? Only one amen. Honestly, did you know that your questions are okay? And they're okay because, watch this, God is the kind of God who answers questions. Jesus, I want want you to hear, don't trust me, okay? This is going to be later on in this very same chapter that we're looking at. I call it a chapter, but we're only looking at verse 1, okay? But just a few verses later, Jesus is going to say in verse 9, So I say to you, okay, this begins by the Son of God saying this. The Son of God is telling you something. I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. Listen to this in verse 10. For everyone who asks receives. Does that include you? Absolutely. Everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, would give them a snake instead? Man, he's trying to drive this home. God is the God who answers. You've got questions. Those questions are okay. Bring them to the Father. Ask the questions and watch what God will do. I love Isaiah 118. This is from the the Old Testament. I memorized this years ago in the New American Standard. It says this, come, let us reason together. I love it. It's a little dramatic. Come, let us reason together. Let me read you in another translation, the Living Bible. It says this, come, let's talk this over. In fact, this week I found one translation. The translator translates it this way. He wants you to understand the heart of God. The translator translates it like this in Isaiah 118. Come, let's argue. You hear it? In Isaiah 118, God's saying, bring me your questions. Bring me your best. I got it. You've got big ones. You've been disappointed. You've been discouraged. You've been let down. You've been done dirty. You put your trust in some people and some places, and you're you're hurting. God says, come, let's talk this over. Let me keep reading this. Come, let's talk this over, says the Lord. 
no matter how deep the stain of your sins, I can take it out and make you as clean as freshly fallen snow. And even if you are stained as red as crimson, I can make you as white as wool. And write that down. Your questions are not too big, but it's time to bring them. It's time to earnestly and seriously seek out the questions. Stop allowing them to be a hurdle to the thing that your soul needs. You know you need to come home. Amen? Come. Call to me, says in Jeremiah. Just call to me, and I will answer you, and I will tell you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. I love that. Okay, so we're talking about coming home. Some of you, you're home, so you should be taking notes because you have somebody you love. It's your son. It's your daughter. It's your brother. It's your neighbor. And, and I want you to be able to sit with them and honestly help them experience the thing that you've experienced. Number one, acknowledge the divide. Number two, ask questions. And number three, it's not just asking questions, friends. Let's be really, really clear here. It's asking the questions of the right person. Like, you can ask the right questions of the wrong person and get terrible answers. You know what I'm talking about? A few years ago, a friend of mine, uh, Jim and I were hunting. We're hunting partners, and we were hunting. It was a hot September, and we were hunting elk, and it had been really, really difficult. We hadn't seen anything for days, and so we woke up. We said, let's just go to our honey hole. You know, you guys know what I'm talking about? It's that one place you just always go to. It's that one place you're like, yes, you cannot fail here. And so we got up early that morning, hopped in the truck, and we started to our little honey hole. And we go down this road. A road's a generous word for it. It's a path, two, two little places for wheels, under trees, round trees. And we, we come around the bend to our little secret space, and there's a truck. The truck is blocking our way. It's a little pickup truck, old beat-up pickup truck, and a guy's just getting out of it with his chainsaw. And we're like, you've got to be kidding me. And so we get out, and we're like, we walk out some, hey, brother, hey, friend. And uh, we, we're being nice, and we're just, we're going to see if we can sort of like edge him in a different direction. But by the way, he's having none of this edging, right? And through the course of the conversation, and we're trying to like, hey, this is our spot. It's the only spot. It's been hard. He's like, yeah, but, oh, but let me tell you guys. And this guy in this truck with his chainsaw, by the way, in the middle of elk hunting season, he's not hunting elk, by the way. This should have given a lot of weight. But he starts telling us these stories of this place. It's this place like dreams are made of. And he and his buddies... There was a year that he and his buddies, they pulled out elk after elk after elk. It's this tiny secret place on the map. And we're like, wow, would you tell us? He said, absolutely. I'll tell you exactly how to get there. I got my backpack and unzipped it, and I pulled out my map. And he looked at it and said, oh, well, sadly, it's just off of your map. And I said, do tell more. It had been a hard week, friends. And so he said, well, just go all the way to the edge of your map. And I know it looks like it's a long hike, but it's not that bad. But you go on this hike, and then when you get to the edge of your map, you're just going to go a little bit further from the edge of your map, and there you're going to find it. And so Jim and I, instead of laughing, we got in our truck. And you know what we did? We drove an hour and a half to a trail. We got out. We hiked all day, well past the map in the hot September. We were exhausted. Eventually, we both sat down on a, on a log in the middle of nowhere, high in the mountains, and we looked at each other, sweating hot, and we looked at each other and said this, we just asked the wrong guy. <laughs> I mean, you can ask the right questions, but ask it of the wrong person, you're going to get a terrible answer. Amen? Amen. The beauty in this story isn't merely that they acknowledge the divide and they had questions. I mean, the way home is that they directed their attention and their questions and their faith to Jesus himself. This is what Jesus says of himself in John chapter 14. Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me.
that's not a statement from a church or a religious organization. That's not a statement from some sort of random book. That's the claim of the one and only Son of God. You see, a lot of us, we um, are on the outside looking in because we've, we have put our faith and trust in the wrong things and the wrong people. We put our faith in our own hands, what we can do. Some of us, we think that we're just almost there. I mean, honestly, if I could just get one promotion, I'm there. If I could just pay off a little more debt, I'm there. If, if I could just find that perfect man, I'm there. If we could just have a bigger house, if our car worked, if I could just get past this addiction, if I could just get past this decision, I'm so close. You see, if my faith is still in me, I am never going to be able to come home to the Father because Jesus is the only way. Some of us are distant not just because we put our faith in us, but because we put our faith in others. Some of us are distant today because we put our faith in people that we never thought would let us down. But they did. We put our faith in a, a leader, a friend, a family member. We put our faith even in the church. But I want us to see today that Jesus calls us to put our faith in only one place. It's him alone. I am the way, the truth, and life. Jesus came to bring you and I home. Colossians chapter 1, it says... Through him, he came to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through the blood of his cross. The entire purpose of Jesus is to bring you back home. Colossians 1.21 says this, At one time you were separated from God. You were his enemies in your minds because of the evil you did that was against him. But now he has made you his friends again. Isn't that good? But now he has, made, he has. Not, not we have, not we have by our good works or good behavior, but he has made us his friends again. And he did this by the death Christ suffered while he was in his body. He did this. He did it so he could present you to himself as people who are wholly blameless and without anything that would make you guilty before him. Wow. He came to bring you home, that you would know and be known, see and be seen, that you would feel once again at rest. So here's what we're going to do over the next couple of weeks, is every week we're going to have a couple of minutes for regular people to come home. We're going to have a couple of moments of prayer. I want you to know where we're going. I, without any sort of shame, I want you to come home. Jesus says in Matthew 11, he says, Come to me, all you who are weak and burdened, and I will give you rest. Jesus is offering for you to come home and experience the kind of rest that we've been reading about. And that requires you putting your faith and trust in him. Paul writes this in the book of Romans. He says, if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. For it's with your heart that you believe and are justified and it's with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be home. It's with your heart that you believe and are justified. It's with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. I want to encourage you to take one step. Maybe this morning it's just acknowledging that divide. There's something wrong here. Maybe for some of us in here, it's a, like, I'm, you're just going to make a commitment before heaven. Like, I'm going to ask the questions. 
I've got them. They're spinning around in here. They're just spinning, and I keep letting them be hurdles, but I'm going to let them out. I'm going to bring them before heaven. But in the end, I want you to know and understand and hear the goal. At some point in this journey, you've got to come to Jesus. Say, Jesus, I'm putting my faith and trust in you. Will you save me? And maybe that's today. Okay, I'm not going to say anything else. We already got the sweet piano music going. That's a, that's a cue around here. I'm going to have my friend Barb be available. Barb, you're going to be over here. And I'm going to have my friend Tad be available over here. Um, if you'd like to pray with somebody, they're going to be right there. If you want someone to pray for you. If you want to pray right where you're at, um, I'm going to encourage you to do that. Pray right along with me. Home is beautiful. It is it's this pulse inside of every man, woman, and child. We long for home. And yet the journey home is truly complicated. And God, Father God, it is, it is not at all complicated because of you. It's complicated because of us. Because every one of us in this room, we have put our hand on the tree. We pulled down the fruit. We've been living in proximity with others who have pulled down the fruit. And it has created a mess. And not just a mess, it's created distance. And so when we talk about home, it gets real hard. Because as much as I long for this place where I feel known, it's been hard for some of us in our earthly homes to feel known, to feel safe. I'm asking, Father, that you would help some of us have some breakthroughs this morning. And sort through the distance that's been created. And I ask in Jesus' name that you help some men and women here come home. So, friend, I'm just going to encourage you. There's some things that you can pray right now. You could say, God, there is something wrong here. You could say it is that simple. God, there's something wrong here. I'm acknowledging it. You could say this morning, God, I, I have some questions. And I, I need the, the courage and strength, the stamina to start getting those questions before you and seeking the answers and believing that you will answer. Like this guy up on the stage said. Or this morning, you might already be in that spot and you like it made sense and you could pray something this simple Jesus I'm choosing to believe today that you are the one and only son of God and I'm asking that you rescue me from my mess I'm asking that you would save me I'm asking that you would let me come home Friend, I I honestly want to say a a simple, honest prayer like that changes everything immediately. We thank you for these moments. And even as we're praying here, uh, having our own moment with you, God, I just want to say it's not lost on us that there are, there's a lot of pain in the world. So this morning, while we are still praying, we want to remember a couple things. One, we want to remember that the other side of the globe, there's incredible turmoil. Scriptures talk about wars and rumors of wars, and, and we, we read of and are seeing just incredible, awful terror playing out before our eyes. We're asking this morning that you bring peace. In the midst of so much violence, hatred, we pray that you bring peace. Father, we also this morning as we're talking about coming home, I just want to say there's 
probably for most of us in the room, we're thinking of like friends, neighbors, family members that we wish would be here right now. And I'm asking in Jesus' name that next week some of them would be. I'm praying that some would make some steps, that you'd use regular people like us to help other people come home. And may this be a place where people experience home. Would you pray that with me, church? Some of you, you're home. And would you just pray with me? God, would this be a place where others could find home? In Jesus' name. Hi, Tatum. I just looked up and there you are. Thanks for being in here, Tatum. Hey, we're going to, um, we're going to share another song of worship together. And then Donna's going to share a couple of things um, to remind you of. We have some really cool opportunities that are happening right now. Um, if you'd like to be a part of the, this, this harvest party we're trying to put on. We think this neighborhood needs parties. Okay. And I'll be real honest, I think that this paves the way for the gospel. I think one of the things the church does is we help rebuild community where community has been broken down. And honestly, just having a harvest party is a significant thing in this community. And this community needs it. So if you can come and help be a part of that. Second thing is we got some people out here who want to help you uh, go to a, this marriage workshop. And honestly, come and be a part of it. And I just want to say, there's a cost, but if you don't have any dollars, there's no cost to you, okay? We're going to make it happen. So if you want to come be a part of that, there's some, there's some great people out there. Um, hang out with them a little bit. And if you've just been coming to Discovery for a few weeks and want to hear more, we're, we're going to have a little reception um, probably about 20 minutes from now. Love to have you be a part of that. But Donna will remind you of all that. Did I steal it? Yeah. Dang it, I really did. I, I sat in this chair the whole time. You want to sing this song too? I don't normally do this. Hey, let's sing. Let's all stand up. Oh, before we sing, though, the baskets are going to go by. Debbie, I'm so sorry. Debbie's standing there looking at me like. So anyway, as the baskets go by, please drop in your connection card. And if you want to be part of a generous church and worship God through generosity, please do that as well. God bless. they pass the baskets, you're welcome to stay seated in prayer. You're welcome to stand up and sing whatever you feel comfortable with. This is kind of your time to, to worship the Lord, um, however he is calling you to do it. I've carried a
Um, you don't have to take a seat. We're going to go ahead. John already said everything. Uh, Make sure you stop at the booths out there. They would love to get you to sign up for um, the shoes and the, the harvest and all the things. But also, if you are um, just wanting to come talk to John um, and myself, we're going to have the newcomers reception right downstairs. It's right next to the coffee. There's two signs. Even if you didn't sign up, please come. We would love to tell you more about Discovery. And um, yeah, so with that, have a great week. And we'll see you next time.